college is a magical, magical time. The Postgrad Sports Show. Jack Offenhart. I hate everything about that. Joe Macera. Whoa. Senior Cactus. We are Mississippi State! The Postgrad Sports Show. Hello! Happy New Year's Eve, Eve! Eve! Yeah, it's me, your old pal Jack, episode 18 of the Postgrad Sports Show. And it's Joe. Yeah. We're back. Yeah. Had a nice little holiday reprieve, feel all energized, although I was sick all for Christmas, which is horrible. But uh, a lot happened uh, since the last show about a week ago. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow is uh, the college football playoff. We're going to go over that. The day is almost here. Uh, then uh, going to Peyton Manning. Al Jazeera said he did steroids and amongst other athletes, and uh, what's been going on with that, and our hot, hot takes on that. Mike Wilbon, he's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> he's just a mean thing for the Panthers, and he's another crabby old reporter who hates Cam Newton. Uh, Chip Kelly's fired now in Philadelphia. It's going to sell some pretty crazy coachings, NFL slash college carousel potentially. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, the Yankees acquired Wallace Chapman. Their bullpen's going to be pretty nasty once Chapman's out of suspension or out of jail after beating him with his wife. And yeah, it's going to be a pretty cool, action-packed show yeah, full then, of fun hot we'll, takes. Yeah, we'll probably end it with some some scheduled fun. You know, scheduled fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll goof off a little bit. It'll be nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, tomorrow the the day of reckoning is finally upon us. We've got yes. uh, Oklahoma Clemson uh, in Miami at four o'clock uh, in the afternoon game, the matinee, and then of course Alabama Michigan State out in Jerry World. Um, Probably sometime right around eight o'clock Eastern. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm yes. fired up. I, I'm worried that I'm probably not going to get to watch it, or if I do watch it as intently as I'd like to, I get the sense that I will probably be watching the second half of Alabama Michigan State from a bar, um, That's trying awful. to pay attention while also ignoring my girlfriend and her friends. So that'll be hey, a gay hey, time. it sounds like last New Year's Eve. Yeah. Hey. All right. Um. I don't know. Let's you know. We'll start with the the afternoon game, Oklahoma Clemson. Um, I'll just jump in. My my pick is uh, Oklahoma. Um, I like them. I like their balanced offense. I, I think Baker Mayfield's a really special college quarterback. Samaji Pirine uh, is a running back who I think would be a playmaker on Sundays next year if you know you didn't have to stay three years in college. And and my sense with with the Clemson Tigers and and obviously the the story today that three players were sent home for failing yep. drug tests, and and maybe you agree with me, Joe. I, I get the sense that Clemson, it, it, they're just kind of happy to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, like it's it's been such a snake bitten program in years yeah. past with with all the sort of not necessarily preseason top fives, but you know starting six and zero, seven and zero, being like, oh, maybe this is the year that Clemson. Clemson. It, yeah, and then you know, then they have that that Clemsoning moment where they lose a stupid regular season game to a team they like shouldn't. NC State. Yeah, but you know, I mean, after they they beat North Carolina and won the ACC championship, they had that big pizza party. You know, I just I get the sense that that maybe yeah. this is the stage might perhaps be too big for them with a, a true sophomore at quarterback. I also like the revenge factor for Oklahoma because Clemson beat them 40-6 to six last year in the Russell Athletic Bowl. Yes. I, I just I, – I like I like Oklahoma. I think that bizarre, bizarre Texas loss was a complete blip on the radar, and I think they might be the best team in college football this year. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I think I – also, I think uh, Oklahoma's more complete team. Uh, so their defense is dangerously underrated. It's because they played in the Big 12 – you know yeah. what I mean? They can they can actually play some defense. Like I said Baker Mayfield's an amazing quarterback. <clears throat> I know they spread very well. I think their their offense. I think their offense is, is better than Clemson's offense. Well, they, have, they have more weapons. That's what they I worry. Weapons. That's what and, I worry now, about with Clemson, particularly I mean, sending three offensive players home. Well, I mean, it was two. It was a backup tight end. Uh, well, number two receiver. Yeah. And I got like a backup, like half. I forgot the other guy. But still, I mean, it's. We had him two receivers. So he had like six hundred something receiving yards. So that's yeah, he had, had thirty-five, forty catches, five or six touchdowns. I mean, th- those aren't nothing numbers. But. No, absolutely not. I mean, I th- I think I think you're right. I I don't see 
I don't see Clemson doing it. I, I just I think you're right. I don't think I'm just happy to be here. Have kind of hold number one spot for most of the year. I, I think I, get, I, I, think I also get the sense that the Orange or Sun, whatever the hell the name of the Dadgum Stadium is down there in Miami, is going to be six, sixty. No, 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 sixty to sixty-five percent Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, because really? yeah, because that's one. Oklahoma is is one of those Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame, Florida schools is just big, big national followings that travels. And I mean, you got to remember, Clemson is a private. Yeah. Pri- I mean, it's not a small private school, but it is a smaller private school in South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I said you're right, but I, I just. I, I I just don't see. I think even at the play was in a neutral field. I still think Oklahoma's going to win. I think it's going to be, it's going to be close to when Ohio State beat Alabama last year. Just they're going to run over them. Yeah, they're going to absolutely overwhelm them. I think I can see. I'm seeing Oklahoma going up like fourteen nothing in the first quarter, and then just it's over from there. Yeah, I, I think I, mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I think it'll probably be. Um, like I don't a, think I think it's gonna be like a forty-two twenty-eight type of game. Yeah, I, I don't think it's Clemson's really never gonna be truly in it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I could I'd like a forty-two twenty-eight, but it's it's forty-two to fourteen, and then there's sort of two garbage time touchdowns because Oklahoma yep. takes the foot off the gas a little bit. Um, and then the the prime time game, Jerry yes. World, Michigan State, Alabama, Saban coaching against. Team he used to coach like long time 20, ago, twenty years ago. Um, <laughs> not really a story. I don't, I don't understand. No, that not at all. Um, it's like it's like yeah, I coached there for long, I think, long time didn't ago. Did he leave in ninety eight or ninety nine? Yep. To go to LSU, yep. like okay, yeah. It's it's worth noting that he coached in Michigan State, but I can't imagine there's a tremendous amount of bad blood. Granted, I'm not super dialed in on East Lansing. Um, well, hey, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just. I, it's, this is not a, a crazy opinion to have, but I think it's stupid to pick any sort of any pro style offense against that Alabama defense. I you think know, the last I, I, eight years of Alabama football have shown that the only teams that beat them are spread teams with mobile quarterbacks. Yes. It's, it's but, like, I mean, Michigan State basically is Alabama, but 13% less talented. Yeah. Yep, I agree. But at the same time, though, like, uh, this is going off absolutely no type of analysis or any type of scattering thing. I can see Michigan State winning this game, actually. I mean, their their record I, in I, big I, games I can, under D'Antonio is is it's the absurd. best in the country. They, like, he's like eight and one against top ten teams or top yeah. five teams. Some some ridiculous winning percentage. I, so I, they're not they're not going to be I, scared I, of the big stage. Absolutely not. Like I think a lot of people are writing off Michigan State pretty early, um, which I mean, you know, Alabama's a great team, but I, I, I think if I do a prediction, I think Alabama does win, but by like ten points. I, I think feel. it might. I think it might be close. I think it's going to be a, a one touchdown game. I think it'll probably be a, a twenty-eight twenty-one would be my guess on a final score. Maybe even a twenty-four twenty-one um, because they are evenly matched. But I just I think. Derrick Henry, Heisman Trophy winner Derrick Henry, yep. is a back who, you know, he's had three weeks off now, three and a half, four weeks off. Yep. Whenever the SEC championship was like first weekend in December. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Something uh, like that. No, but, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. December 12th, 13th. Or no, no, no. It's like December 5th because the Alabama Auburn game is always the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's right. So that's that, right. Yeah. That was yep. like the 28th. So it was probably like December. Whatever doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> not not interesting. Three, we'll call it three and a half weeks. It's a reasonable assessment. You give a guy a hoss like that three and a half weeks to you know get in that cold tub and not take any hits or anything and, like that. And Kenny and Drake would be it's gonna be playing. Kenny Drake's gonna be healthy. I, I just think that yeah, it's gonna be Derrick Henry just running down the throat in Michigan State, and I I think but but at the same time. Jabe Coker is not a good quarterback at all. He's not. Yeah, but he's not bad. 
He hasn't had, I mean, he all is, the quote-unquote game manager quarterbacks at Alabama, McCarron, McElroy, like, they had that couple of those games a year where they, okay, like, okay, this is my game. I'm going to win this game for us. Yeah, like but that, I think... Like, that, and I he hasn't done that yet. He yeah, had chances but, to, but, and... But they don't... They, they don't, say they could carry the ball, ball 45 times They a don't game. need him to do that, because Coker, and I haven't watched every single Alabama game, but I've seen him do that play enough games where... They run that play-action boot, and he rolls it yep. out, and Coker just chucks it 54 yards in the air. And he's he's got a – I mean, I don't think he's going to be a pro because I don't think he nope. can read the game, but he's got a he's got an NFL arm. Yes. He's got NFL arm talent, as they say. But he can he can throw it in Alabama, and I, I'm an idiot because I forget the, the name of the freshman receiver, but the guy who's very much in that Julio Jones, Amari Cooper tree of, of just dudes that they get to Bama who are – 6'3", 225, who can run a 4-3-40. And he, he has one or two plays a game where he, he can chuck it, and he can throw it 55 yards on a dime. So if you're getting a really healthy dose of Derrick Henry, and then you get that a well-called play-action boot from Lane Kiffin, they just need him to convert one of those a game. You know what I mean? They don't need him to be yeah. phenomenal. That's how good their offensive line and Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake are. But I'm going to pose this question to you, though. Is this Michigan State defense the best defense Alabama's played all year? Um, prob- yes. Probably, if I yeah. had to guess. Yeah. Um, oh. I mean, the old Miss defense is, is... They're fast. They're fast. And they can cause a lot of turnovers. But that's the thing. If Alabama doesn't have to throw, and if they can control time of possession... With, with Henry, and Henry can be, you know, getting, at least in the first half, four yards per carry. He's so big and so strong, and it's... it's he's crazy big. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's 6'3", 245. He's a monster. God. And it's it's sort of classic coach speak, but he is that back who gets stronger in the second half because the guys in the second and third level of the defense, who are most of the time, I mean, the most linebackers in college are smaller than he is. Yeah. The second half, after he's crashed into them twenty times, they're tired and they're sore, and they're gonna they're gonna ease up a little bit because they don't want this big, big bulldozer of a man coming through them. So he, I think, you know, he's a guy who his yards per carry go up in the second half for a reason. Yeah, and I think if Alabama, if they can be up, you know, fourteen to ten at halftime, and then they just there's a healthy, healthy dose of Henry. I just the, the way beast. they the way they can control the ball. I, I just don't see how a team that runs a pro style offense that has a defense that is is sort of very good, but in a lot of ways bend don't break and doesn't make a lot of big plays. True. I just don't see how that team can beat them because that is what Alabama does. But again, like I said, Alabama Better. has the the number one recruiting class in the country, and Michigan State has the number 12 recruiting class in the country. Like, they're yeah. just bigger, faster, stronger. You're right. I think so. Now, that said, it. I think Oklahoma is going to win the national championship because I think with Baker Mayfield, a mobile quarterback, and a, a defense that's a little faster and a little more heavy on guys making plays but, and getting but, turnovers. But, 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 Saban and, well, Kirby Smart, uh, before he departed, they kind of figured out how to counter that, that, that quick no-huddle spread mobile quarterback thing. If you, did, if you ever watch, um, it's like Alabama when he, did, when he played Ole Miss, when he played um, A&M, when he played um, Auburn, is look, if you look at Alabama style when they're on defense, they have like 10 to 15 guys around Kirby Smart all times following him. So like, when they're doing no huddle, they can just like throw the whole unit out there real quick, really, really quick substitutions to counter the no huddle and the spread. I mean, it, it's not foolproof by no means, but it, it, it has worked. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I'm not. I, it's not. Gonna, it's not going to be like freaking. Um, like, oh, I'm not going to let an Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott kind of game happen again. No, I don't think so. And and so this, this is obviously you know if. They'd be Michigan State and, and Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, win. <laughs> we could be sitting here next episode being like, all right, Clemson, Michigan State, State. out in Phoenix, who's going to win? But I, I, I think we're going to see Alabama, Oklahoma on the 11th um, out at the big, big toaster, and I think Oklahoma will probably win. I think Alabama will win. Okay. 
but that's I mean that's why hey, they, that's that, why they play that, the games. I mean, we thought it was going to be probably Alabama Florida State last year, and yeah. it uh, wasn't. So no. Um, Although I I wish Baylor said healthy, I'd rather see Baylor in it than Oklahoma. To be honest. Yeah, but I mean that's 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 a huge factor in football is is health. Did you watch the Russell Athletic Bowl? Um, I was out oh, to dinner with my parents. I was sort of watching it, half watching it over their shoulders um, on the TVs at Pizzeria Uno. Um, Art Wiles is a goddamn genius. Yeah, I mean, they, I, was love, I love Art Wiles. Fourth string quarterback who started the season sure. as a wide receiver. And they pretty much just said, no, fuck, we're just going to run the ball. Yep. And it, they, I think they had like 600, over 600 rushing yards against 646 rushing yards against North Carolina, who are not a great defensive team, but Gene Chizik had them vastly improved over last year. They had the most rushing yards of any team in bowl history. Yes. And they, it was fun to watch. I love our Bryles. He's like, almost like a high school style kind of coach. I love it. I, love I mean, they're, they're going to be back next year. Absolutely will be. And they'll, they, they'll probably they be, they'll be preseason top five or 10 again. So yeah, oh, definitely. Um, well, let's go to the uh, the pro league. Some Sunday football, yeah. The big big news out of the NFL, um, the league's perhaps most famous as of now backup quarterback Peyton Manning, um, implicated by Al Jazeera in a documentary um, that HGH was sent to his wife. Now, I, this, it is I, it is worth <laughs> noting. It is worth noting, and Al Jazeera, uh, the, the reporter, uh, what was her name? Something Davies has come out and said. They never said that um, Peyton Manning explicitly took HGH, but they did. They did say that they sent it to his wife, and the guy who worked at the uh, the Geyer Clinic in Indiana said he knew that they were sending it to his wife Ashley Manning with the express purpose of Peyton was going to take it. They didn't actually yeah, say. It, it's it's just like the whole the Roger Clemens thing, like. Like, wow, a lot of famous athletes' wives really love steroids. Yeah, it was, I mean, basically, and it's what a good, reputable, smart news organization like Al Jazeera would do to avoid losing a libel suit is they said everything that they could confirm, and it's sort of 94% saying Peyton Manning took HGH without actually saying it because they don't have the proof to say that, and they don't, again, don't want to lose a libel suit. But, I mean... I remember when you texted me that was that on Saturday night, and I, I my yep. reaction was just kind of like, yeah, probably. But I, that that's that's my big kind of question mark. Why do people not care? Why? Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons, and I, I one football is it is a very very different culture when it comes to performance enhancing <laughs> drugs than baseball. I mean, I, I'm. I think, <coughs> I think I'm a pretty dialed in sports guy. I, I'm I'm not an idiot, you know. I would assume that ninety-seven percent of guys on an NFL field, <laughs> minus maybe the punters and kickers, and that's probably about it, are on either something that is explicitly against the letter of the law or one of those, and I'm using air quotes here, supplements that is probably will be illegal two years from now, but as of now is not and is right, right. 99.9% on that line of legal versus illegal. I don't think there's a single truly clean guy playing on Sundays. I just I don't. So I think no one is shocked by steroids in football. And I mean, but it, it's, it's stupid that you wouldn't be like, if it's these drugs have long-term effects on the body. Yes. Like, I, I don't disagree. And, and it's, of it is illegal. So why are we turning a blind eye to it and saying, oh, ho-hum, who cares? Because people, people, one, they like Peyton Manning. He's so? A, like, well, because it's different. And, and I think a lot of sports columnists who are smarter than me are like, it's, it's not a shock that the friendly white guy doesn't get castigated for alleged performance-enhancing drug use and then you have the surly black man in Barry Bonds gets taken to the woodshed because people like Peyton Manning. They just, they like him as a guy. They like his commercials. They like when he goes, that's a first rate queso dip. You know, like people just like Peyton Manning. HGH in my neck. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) honestly, like I, I don't, I don't care. I think one, if everyone else is doing it, do everything you can. And I also, I mean, he plays football to make money, right? Yes. So by him 
taking illegal drugs, he got another $50, $60 million in guaranteed money from the Denver yep. Broncos. Probably, yeah. I don't even know, he another $30, $40 million in endorsement money and like Papa John's and all that stuff. So him taking HGH, he probably made himself another $100 million yep. or close to it. Yeah. So I, you know what? I can't knock a guy wanting to make a choice that makes sure that his grandchildren's grandchildren don't ever have to worry about working a day in their life. Like so, I, I'm not going to fault the guy for that. So well, let's say hypothetical. So in this situation, okay, so Peyton Manning, he's implicated in steroids. Uh, and let's say, okay, um, I don't know, uh, John Carlos Dan comes out that he was part of the investigation and he's going to get fucking railroaded. Because it's, a di- because it's well, how's, different. How's, how's, how's it different? Because how's it's different? different sports and there's different... It's still cheating. I, I, I know, but... And, and that's the other thing, too, is I think the older I get, I don't have a problem with guys quote-unquote cheating because people have been cheating in every aspect of life for as long as there's been society. You know what I mean? Like, look, I, I, I'll, I'll come out and say it. I took ADHD medicine that was not prescribed to me in college so I could stay up and do homework that I had no interest or no desire to do so I could graduate from college and get a bachelor's degree, which vastly increases my lifelong earning potential. Like, is, is that different? Is that different from a guy taking HGH, taking steroids so that he can stay but, on the field longer, hit but, 15 more home runs, and make but, a lot more money for him and his family? My, my thing, my thing, I guess mainly it's baseball, but it's football, it's football too. That I have a problem with HGH users is by doing that, yes, okay, you're getting money for yourself, but at the same time, you are taking a job from someone who is more able-bodied than you naturally. Which, that's weird. You're, you're taking a job from someone who earned it more. You know, who didn't use steroids. That's my big problem with steroids. You're taking someone's job from them by cheating. But you didn't take an, you know, Adderall study. You're just boosting your own thing. You're not hurting anyone else. You're just adding your name to the list of people who have a bachelor's degree. But for this, in, in NFL and sports, it's a zero-sum game. There are winners and there are losers. And by doing, taking steroids and cheating and elevating yourself artificially above the competition, you are taking a job from someone. You are beating them unfairly. And that's what I don't. I have a big problem with with steroid use, but, but in all but, sports. But see, to me, at the end of the day, it is a business. Sports is it's, yes. it's a business and it's an entertainment product. So, as a as an individual sort of as a professional athlete, you are a for for lack of a better term, you are a subcontractor, right? So it's a, you, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. So yeah, I, I think I think. I don't have a problem with people making moves to make them the best sort of earner, best business person that they can be. It creates a horrible culture in sports, in my opinion. I, don't, I, I just, I mean, we're going to disagree. We're not going to agree with this at all. I, I just don't think, I guess maybe, I don't know. So I'm more dialed into, you know, baseball than that. Yeah, but okay, NFL, but so like, but like, like a spitballer in 19, or a guy who doctors the ball in baseball. Yeah. What? So you you think like that's part of the game is trying to gain an edge. So you, the guy who puts sunscreen on his mitt is taking a job from somebody else, and you hate that guy too. Yeah. Yes. Because what he's doing is okay. He's doctoring the ball, so he is making his numbers better than they actually are, and he's taking and he's making hit. So when the front office goes through it and they say, okay, this guy performed this, you know, you know. I mean, no, not he was doctorable or some kind of minor type of cheating. It's going to get him more money over the other guy. And like I said it's a zero sum game. Not everybody wins. Not everybody loses. People win. People lose. So he's taking money out of other people's paychecks who did it, who did not cheat. That's but then my those problem people there. should cheat because the repercussions that's a, that, aren't that, that, that bad. That's that's stupid. They shouldn't do that. They're, they're, well, then you're taking money away from the batter, then because then just, his, his his numbers suffer. I just, to me, it's like, I think... It's bad culture. It's get, I hate all of it. It's going to do all of it. I mean, I know that that's, that's a very pie-in-the-sky, like, perfect world thing. Yeah, yes. I think I'm probably just a maybe more pessimistic and more of a cynic and a realist when it comes to this type of stuff. Like, I, I just, I'm kind of, I don't say numb to it, but it's, to me, it's like, to, sports is an entertainment product, and I want to see the biggest, fastest, strongest dudes. That's what I want to see. I want to see. I, I, I like when Peyton Manning comes back from a neck surgery and throws fifty-five touchdown passes and leads his team to the Super Bowl. I think that's awesome. Stupid. But 
and I, I, we've I, gone I, we've I, gone so off topic here, but it's like to me, steroids okay. aren't okay. But steroids and, and performance enhancing drugs are not magic, right? Like Barry Bonds oh. didn't bulk up and take steroids, and then all of a sudden he doesn't have to take batting practice or work out or read no. scouting reports. And it's not like well Peyton Manning took HGH and then magically is 100% better. He still had to rehab and yep. work hard, as insanely hard to get back on the field. So I, I think that like if you're taking something that allows you to get back, more power to you. I mean, I think honestly, I think we're probably 20, 30 years from now with, with the advances in, in medicine and in pharmacology that we're going to see where these type of things like steroids and, and human growth hormone, their chemistry is going to, you know, doctor them for, I guess you could call it the civilian world so that they're safer and healthier for people who are genuinely prescribed them for actual health problems. It, it we're 30 when we're, I don't know, grandparents, I would, I would bet that particularly in football and in baseball, this type of stuff is going to be legalized, legalized or perhaps decriminalized, but very heavily legislated. I think that's just, that's what we're headed to because it's so ubiquitous in the world of sports that you're just, it's never, it's never going to be clean that we are, we are through the looking glass on this. I disagree. I think I think maybe for the NFL that'll happen. I mean, the NFL that, that baseball, I don't see that happening. Right, and you know what? I think NFL, it was probably foolish on our part to to rope in baseball because it is it is a completely different world, and that was probably my mistake for initially bringing that up. Yeah, like for NFL, like, like you know, I say I it's I, again I, I'm not playing this as a fence, playing this devil's advocate with myself is that like I, I at least in terms of for recovery. For the NFL, I mean, steroids almost kind of needed. Oh yeah, no, you you need to the the punishment that those dudes' bodies take. They yeah. they need those medicines and enhancements to be able to play a sixteen game schedule. Yeah. So I, I think it's pretty clear that we're 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 never going to come to an agreement on this, and we're nope, talking circles for the next hour and a half. So let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, the there are no more undefeated teams in the NFL. The Carolina Not. Panthers. Lost to the Hotlanta Falcons on the road <clears throat> in the Georgia Dome, which will be closed in two years, so they can play in the giant space butthole that they're building next door. I don't know if yep. you see, yeah, that's, it looks like a, a butthole from space. <laughs> it does. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, not particularly interesting. I mean, it's really, really hard. Shocker, I know, to win all of the football games in the NFL, and it's not like college where it really matters. You know, you can go twelve and four and still get the number one seed and win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So that's not why we're talking about it. Um, the reason we bring it up, like you said in the rundown, Michael Wilbon tweeted out um, after uh, the Falcons beat the Panthers. He was like, good, I'm, I'm glad the, the Panthers lost because they don't deserve it. They're not a great team like the 85 Bears or the, the 2007 Patriots. They're not humble. They're, they're too braggadocious. And it's like, first of all, Wilbon, shut up. Yeah. You, you're awful. But – it's funny that he, he brings up the name of the 1985 Bears and because famously, you know, the Super Bowl shuffle. And, and as a child of the 90s who was not alive for the 85 Bears, um, I've seen that stupid music video. I've heard the dumb song. I just assumed, that, you know, that they did that in the, like, bye week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. But that didn't exist in 1985. They actually produced that song and music video during the regular season. So, so Yeah. Like that's probably the least humble thing you could do, is and during I mean, the regular season be like, yeah, we're gonna win and we're gonna make a bad rap song about it. Yeah, and make a video about it. And I mean, also the 07 Patriots weren't the most humble of teams either. No, they God, were. No. They were. They would have run up to score on everybody. Yeah, they were. They were the worst with that stuff. They were not not even close to being humble. It's, it's all. It's oh, it's Ken Newton. You know, he dabs every now and then. He yeah, like that. Get the fuck out of here. Excuse I, my I, French. I, I hate. I hate Mike follow Wilbon. Mike Wilbon on Twitter because all his tweets to me just sound like. <laughs> they're just it's 160 characters of fart noises. He used to be a really good sports reporter. Yeah, and that's the thing too is and look, I'm I'm a guy. We're guys in our apartments doing a radio show that probably I don't know, 115 people listen to. It's not like we're like oh yeah we're high rollers in the world of media. But I loathe the fact that Wilbon, who is on PTI two and a half days a week and writes 
four columns a year for ESPN the magazine still acts like he's in the newsroom of the Washington Post in like 1987 and he's yeah. like covering the Wizards every day. Yeah. It's like, it's like you just sit back in your giant mansion in Montgomery County and bloviate. Yeah. Seriously. It's he and he gets paid to do it too a lot. It's uh, I don't I, blame I just, him because he, I don't I don't but like he he found a way to make probably three and a half million dollars a year to talk about sports and this is probably coming from a place of jealousy because I would sure as hell would love to do that. Yeah. But like he's so unbelievably out of touch and oh, so God, it's awful. It has zero self awareness. It's cra- he he used to when he first started PTI he was not like this. No, like that's the thing is I I watch I don't even I barely watch PTI anymore. I'll probably watch Secret. it once or twice a week. But I mean we're we're of the age group PTI came out I think premiered summer of '01 or '02. Yeah, something like that, like that. That was PTI at least for me is like a, that's like a seminal sports program. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, like when I would come home from school in middle school and it was on at five thirty, like I would watch it before dinner because, like, you know, I did my geometry homework. You know what I mean? I yeah. got to watch TV, and like, and that's the other thing too. And I know a lot of people don't like Tony Kornheiser. I love Tony Kornheiser. I love him because he's a self righteous ass, but he knows it and says it. Yeah, like anytime he like has like a hot take, he's like, "Let me preface this by the fact that I don't write columns anymore, and I'm the old, out of touch white guy." But here's what I think. Yeah, like I admire his self awareness that he knows he's a pretentious old asshole. Yep, he's been in the game for way too long. Yeah, like go, Mike Wilbon, just go away. Yeah, you're not some kind of like up and coming like like reporter for the Chicago Tribune, like you were like or Chicago Sometimes when he first coming up. No, it's. No, I, I get excited if I turn on PTI and it's Tony and um, Dan Lebitard. Or, I mean, before he left ESPN, I'm not the biggest Jason Whitlock fan ever, but I'd be like, oh, it's Whitlock. Great. It's I like Whitlock. Yeah. Cool. So I just. But yeah, uh, just die in a fireman. Hold on. That's nah, probably too extreme. But just. Oh, like, they're not humble. They're, they're not like the 85 Bears. Let's get the hell out of here, <laughs> Whatever. Um, the other, of course big storyline in the NFL that we'll talk about now is news broke last night around, I don't know, 6.30. Chip Kelly out as the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he went 6-9 and nine this year. 24-21 um, and 21 overall. Something like no, that. No, 26-21. Yeah. Um, done after th- almost three complete years in Philadelphia. It's going to be... 15-16. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up because I know know. you and I sort of disagree on this. I think he's going to stay in the NFL. You think he might go back to college. Um, I think Chip's ego is such that he wants to show that he can do it on the highest level. And I think with the the vacancies that are out now and there's not a tremendous amount of like hot coordinators coming up, you know, Adam Gase in Chicago, um, McDaniels, is probably going to get another shot as an NFL head coach, but there's just—I mean, this this year for the seven or eight vacancies that there are, we're going to see a lot of retreads. I just think that's what's going to happen. Well, here's what's here. All right, so here's why. There's a, I think there's a multitude of reasons why Chip Kelly will not be in the NFL. For one, he wants control over personnel. Personnel, and if I'm any kind of owner with a shred of common sense. That is a horrible idea. A, just for it, give to anyone. And B, look at Chip's track record in Philly, what he did. Lost McCoy. Lost Sean Jackson. Drafted terribly. Terrible trades. Uh, and it doesn't work. He's his, he's his hardcore system guy. And that doesn't really jive well in the NFL, even with you go sit at the Dream Spot in Tennessee with Mariota. Secondly, he said he's a single dude. And I don't well, think he has, he's a, a, he has a girlfriend. But. Well,. He's not okay. married. Whatever. Not married. Whatever. I I think the, the college towns, like I'd say, Austin, Texas, are way more attractive to go in Tennessee, where like most people don't even know that team exists. Yeah, yeah. but here, here's the thing. Chip Kelly, because of what he did at Oregon, will always have top flight college jobs, right? It, it, his name will always be attached, and so I think he he knows I've got another shot here in the NFL. So I'm going to take it now while I still have NFL opportunities. And if I go to Tennessee or I go to Cleveland and it, it doesn't work in three or four years, guess what? There's going to be a Texas or a USC or an Alabama. There's going to be jobs 
college, whoa, big time college jobs that he can he can absolutely get an interview for. And I think when you when you think about Tennessee, um, one obviously their their starting quarterback is Marcus Mariota, who Chip recruited to Oregon, coached at Oregon, tremendous success. And then you look at um, ownership there. Um, is it Bud Adams? I, I always confuse Bud Adams and Bob McNair, Houston and, yeah. and Tennessee. Um, but whoever owned the Titans, some old Houston oil guy, passed away at the end of last season, earlier this season, whatever. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a guy in his 90s, died. So it's sort of a situation where it's like his, his widow and some of the kids, and they don't really know who's in charge of the team. So I think that's a, a situation where, again – the Tennessee Titans, they don't get a tremendous amount of pub. Like I, I outside of Mariota and um, Delaney Walker, who's a mediocre tight end. I just know that name because he's on the good Harbaugh 49ers team, and they gave him yep. money. I couldn't name another dude on that roster. No. So like, like I think if I think if you're an ownership group that doesn't really know what's going on, runs the team from Houston. They're they're a Houston-based ownership group. Um, they could, but I, I think they would bring him in, and I think they would give him the the personnel capabilities that he wants. I think Ursay in Indianapolis is a wing nut. He he could yes. give them Jimmy Haslam in in Cleveland. They're they're but what, what, but there's NFL owners out there who have coaching vacancies, and granted, Pagano and and uh, Mike Pettin still have jobs, but they're getting fired. Yes. There's dudes out there who are NFL owners who are idiots. Yes. They're not, Jimmy Haslam might be a great businessman. I think he's probably a crook. The FBI probably agrees with that. Jim Ursay, I mean, I, I don't want to speak ill of the man, but do we do we know if he's sober? Because he said he was sober for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, and then he gets pulled over with 200 grand in cash and a bunch of prescription drugs. Like, there's dudes who are out there who would go, oh, Chip Kelly, big name. Let's bring him in. Let's give him another shot. And I think he his ego is such that he wants to, he wants to do it at the NFL level. So I think he's going to take one more NFL job, and if that works, awesome. But if not, those college jobs are still going to be there for him three years down the road, four years down the road. I I mean these are all valid points, but I think the big trump card for the college game is you you're under underestimating the amount of money that UT Austin can throw at a coach. But I also they can, they're, the, they're the only they're the only they're even worse than Alabama. They're the only college team out there that can match an NFL offer. Yes, but I think there's sort of a, a respect. And you can win. Yes, okay, but there to me, all of those are incredibly valid points. But you also have to look at sort of the the human interactions aspect of the business and and college and professional football coaches. That's a fraternity, and I don't think Chip. And I, I, I don't know if he has a relationship with Charlie Strong, but I think that's a, a move that you don't make after the this the college football hiring and firing season has been over, where a guy has a job and you go, you know what? I know he, he has a job and you said he's safe, but bring I, me in and I'm going to put a guy out on the street when there's okay, no jobs for him um, to get. Okay. Uh, I'm going to look at there. You're under, also under, under, underestimating the power, especially at UT Austin, the boosters there. They're saying, oh, shit, Chip Kelly is on the market. And uh, this came out last week that the, that the Longhorn Network is hemorrhaging money because the football team is doing poorly. That's the big revenue source for that network is the football team. And they're saying, this is, if you're UT Austin, this is a once-in-generation yeah. opportunity yeah. to get that. Remember a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about that tier of coaches. There's only X amount of number. Chip Kelly is in that category. And you don't just fall into your... Lap. I, lap. I think Chip is, is a – I think he's a step below Urban and, and Nick Saban because he – I mean, he did great things. Won. He didn't win a national championship. No. I mean, yes, he played in a national championship game and lost to Cam Newton, who I'm not convinced isn't some sort of alien just based on his football skill and his sheer size as a man. But I, I just – I think he's going to stay in the NFL. I think – look, ultimately, do I think Chip will end up back in college? Yes. I think we both agree on that, but I think it's going to be three to five years from now, or or if he does go back to college, he might take a job, um, you know, being a being a studio guy for Fox or ESPN. Oh no, 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 no way. He would. He Chip is not what he is how we call a TV personality at all. Chip would not. No, 
No, I don't think so. I would. I mean, look, I would. Be, I would. I would be surprised if that happened, but it wouldn't shock me. I, I think. I think with the the vacancy in Tennessee with Marcus Mariota and that ownership group sort of being in flux, with Jimmy Haslam in Cleveland, who's clearly going to fire Mike Pettin, who loves to make a big splash and, and doesn't have any issues hiring and firing coaches on a whim, or Indian or Indian or eh, or Indy with. You know, Ursay being kind of a wingnut and Pagano clearly getting fired. I think that's three jobs right there. I think I think he will stay in the NFL and I think he'll give the NFL one more run and then I think he'll go back to college if 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 and probably when he's not successful in the NFL. Again, I, I it, it really the the whole kind of catch point we don't know about is how how big is Chip's ego. I mean, two, I look at two other coaches who won the NFL who have also huge, massive egos in Nick Saban and the HPC and head ball coach Steve Spurrier. And they both left the NFL in, early in their contract and this kind yes, of bounced yes, back to college. Okay, but, and, and they're, and they're I, I, huge too. I wanted to talk about this because I, I think there's there's been I, – I I'd go so far as to say a rumor and, and it here's let – me, let me paint a scenario for you. Alabama wins, they beat Michigan State, they beat Clemson or Oklahoma in the national championship game. Saban wins another national championship. Mm-hmm. And again, talking about Indy with, with Jim Ursay being kind of a wingnut, I, I had heard sort of rumblings that he might offer Saban something somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe five years, 55, five years, $60 million. It's a lot of money. But it's, it's not crazy in the, in the NFL. I mean... Sean Payton makes, I think it's it's somewhere between 8.7 and 9.2, depending on incentives, right? That's I mean, Nick Saban is the highest paid coach in college, and he makes just just under eight. Yes. So there is there is more money to be had in the NFL. Yep. It's just that's that's a fact. That's 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 not you know that's not speculation or conjecture. That is that is a true statement. Now, if I'm Nick Saban, and he's not a young man. Nope. The reason why he failed in Miami is because he didn't have a quarterback. Yes. And no, the story with that obviously is, you know, that the Dolphins wanted to bring in Drew Brees. Team medical staff did not clear him after his shoulder surgery, so he ended up going to New Orleans. Now, with Indy, I bring it up because they have Andrew Luck, who this year has been snake bitten by injuries, but when yep. healthy and who is he's either 20 I think he's 26 now might be 27 26 at the start of next season is clearly a top 5 quarterback in the NFL. He is what you yes. would call elite. I mean, he took he he led three consecutive bad to mediocre Horrible. Colts teams to Horrible. 11 wins and playoff appearances in an AFC Championship game last year. Yep. If I'm Nick Saban and I I just won another national championship at Alabama, clearly I am the best coach in college football. I have I have gone to the top of that mountain up teen times. I am the best there is, and that's not going to change. If if Jim Ursay says, "Hey, here's sixty million dollars guaranteed. I'm going to give you the opportunity to coach Andrew Luck and have final say on personnel," that's a phone call where I'm I'm listening, you know, yes. and I'm listening intently. Yes, and I don't I think that's crazy. So I I think especially it'd be a nice little like. Finish your career getting a really big, fat, guaranteed contract. And I think, you know, look, uh, Ryan Grigson, outside of drafting luck, has proven to be a subpar NFL GM. That's yes, it's not crazy to say. He traded a first rounder for Trent Richardson, who's not in the league anymore. No, um, that was God. That was so dumb. That was a bad trade. But that was if I'm Nick Saban and I I've won my what would that be his sixth national championship, fifth national championship, something fifth, like that, yeah, fifth or sixth. You're never going to be – you already got a statue outside the stadium. You're never going to be bigger than Bear Bryant. That's just never nope. going to happen. Never happen. You have an opportunity to make – it's almost a 30 or 40% pay, pay raise. And yep. coach Andrew Luck. And because you're coaching Andrew Luck and you have and, – and it's, it's such a stupid cliche, but the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. If you have one of the four or five best guys at that position who is still very young and, quite frankly, isn't in his prime yet, is nope. still approaching his prime. I would absolutely. I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I, I don't a, think you, that's you, crazy you, to think about. I think he would. Of, yeah, we, remember you texted me yesterday. And I was like, oh, no, he would never leave Alabama. Then, yeah, I mean, kind of like I guess like your last like big contract 
Yeah. Before and he's, he's not, I mean, he's not going to take, you know, he's not going to take the Titans job or the Browns no. job. If, no. if he were to leave for the NFL, it would be for a perfect job. And I just don't see a more perfect situation for a coach than, you know, you get to, because they're all egomaniacs. They all want to shop for the groceries and cook the meal. Yep. If you can make, again, north of $10 million, have final say on personnel, and have a 26-year-old quarterback who, when healthy, is a top five. You could, I mean, there are a lot of people coming into the league who said, Rodgers is the best, and then luck. You know, yeah, like a, a guy who is is a stud. If he continue, and it, you know, the NFL is all based on health. But if he can continue to play the, at his level for another five or six years, will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Tuscaloosa, and I'm not. It, it's not even a, a long and, thought. And I mean, his right hand his right hand man's gone, and Kirby Smart behind left, and he's like. I mean, granted, it's not going to be like "quote unquote" turmoil in Tuscaloosa that Curtis Sparks gone, but it's still a pretty big hole, you know. Yeah, you're losing holes. the one of, if not the best, assistant coaches in all of college football for the last close to a decade. Absolutely, I, I think it would probably, the, especially if they win it all. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing, and I, I, like, I, there's a lot of sort of ifs, but a lot of those ifs to me are. are they're not crazy, so you know what I mean? You're saying there'd be a chance that Joey Freshwater would be the coach at Alabama. I mean, yeah, maybe. I, particularly if, if he were to leave, you know, mid-January, sort of way after the hiring cycle. You know, I mean, and that sets off a, a crazy, crazy stack of dominoes because what if Chip, you know, doesn't take an NFL job before that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like we could have absolute insanity on the coaching carousel, both pro and college, yep. with, with a couple of sort of, realistic situations. Yeah. I think... So let's, let's go into that rabbit hole. Let's say... Okay. Saban, leave, Saban leaves. He is going to leave and go coach in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Chip. Do you think Alabama makes a push to get Chip? I would. Why would you not? This this late in the... In, because we, we've moved past the college football hiring yes. and firing season. The only available jobs right now are like Texas State... And like Bowling Green or so, a bad Mac job, yeah, or a bad Sun Belt. I don't remember, but there's not jobs out there. No, absolutely, I make a run at Chip. Why would you not? And if you're Chip, and if if you if you say like you say, he doesn't want to go to the NFL. He wants complete autonomy. I mean, Alabama will pay Chip Kelly six million dollars a year, seven million dollars a year. Yes, and the and the the Alabama boosters who have. Again, not as deep pockets as Texas, but have very deep pockets, would absolutely be very excited to have Chip Kelly. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't but know. It's it's something I, it's something to keep keep your eye on. So I I'm I'm still if I had a for Chip, I'd say he's gonna be in Texas. I think I think I think we're looking at Chip in Nashville or Cleveland next year. And I think we're looking at Saban either staying in Alabama or coaching the Indianapolis Colts. I was, if I, I mean, I would probably say right now, all that, I think Saban stays in Alabama and Chip's going to be in Austin. Again, if, 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 if Alabama does not win the national championship, Saban's absolutely back in Tuscaloosa. No question yes. about that. Yeah. But I think I think if they win, which is is a very very realistic chance, they're you know they're in that final four. He's done it. He's gone. He's been to the top of the mountain half a dozen times in college. Yeah. And then there's let's, an opportunity to maybe coach Andrew Luck. I don't know. Let's let's talk about the, talk about the pure game. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, my my Yankees, and I say that sort of softly because I don't really pay attention to him on a day-to-day basis, made a huge, probably the biggest move of the offseason, acquiring Araldis Chapman, the mm-hmm. hardest-throwing pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. Um, that Yankees bullpen is nasty. Yes. Whenever Chapman gets back from his suspension, which I assume will probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 50 games for that domestic violence dispute when that all gets shaken out during this offseason. Dispute off-season. is a very, very... Incident, whatever you want to call it. Him shooting a gun near his the mother of his children and, and putting his hands on her neck and all that all that horrible horrible deplorable stuff yep they have now of the three guys last year who were primarily relievers who had 100 strikeouts they now have all three of them yep 
I mean, we mentioned this before about Yankees. Like, they're building, they're team building in the proper way now. Yes, they're they're making really great baseball moves, and the prospects they gave up to get Chapman were they're not going to be stars, but they'll be like good role they players. They gave up good, not great right? prospects. They get so, probably a guy a guy who you know. Can a left-handed you, pitcher who can throw 103 miles an hour. Yeah, and, and get you like if you if the Yankees go on and win like you know 90 plus games next year, it'll get you like 40 plus days. I mean, they they just basically they made the game six innings with this. Trade. Yeah. So and, if, and, if you're and, a team with mediocre starting pitchers like the Yankees, That's all, you, all you need keep it close for five and two thirds. I mean, look at look at the Royals. Their starting pitching last year was not great. It was good, not good, great. not great. Awesome the bullpen. Bullpen. Lights out. Yep. Like what? Like uh, Ned Yost and Royals, they would pretty much pull, take their sorry after the fifth inning. I mean, just no what meat. are what are the big moves every single trade deadline? The elite bullpen guys. Those are the yep. those are the trade deadline moves at swing championships. And I think the Yankees put themselves in a really really great position. And plus, I mean, that AL East. I mean, there's Toronto's not going to come back next year. They're they're no, be, they they were kind of all in for this year, and now they're yeah. doing the we're going to scale back. Yeah, because they got the they got a new owner and they got a new GM. Well, the GM locked was a new owner. Okay, the new owner was putting up money into it. The Orioles are always. I mean, it depends. If the Orioles sign Cespedes. They might sign Cespedes. Uh, he's one of the the Orioles are one of the big teams for Cespedes. But even then, I mean, Yankees looking good. Yeah, making good signings. I think, and I said. They're building the team in the right way, and if you can lock the game down, have three of the best believers in the game, lock the game down after the sixth inning. For for even even if it's only for 130 games of 162 game season, that's that's huge. But but I will I will say this though is uh, closers and especially late in relievers are very very um, neurotic people. Very like if you come in say like you know you know Benderson Miller. So, oh, we're the eighth, ninth inning guys, and he has someone coming and taking that from you. It can mess. With, it, not always. This is not like no, but I, it, it can. It can. But look, I mean, you can look at Soren and Papelbon in Washington. Yeah, look at DC last year. Exactly. And, it, 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 and there's other cases I don't can't you know tell my head. It does happen. Yeah. But see, they're, they're all. I mean, Chapman he himself is a crazy person. Yeah. And Sabendis Miller, no, they're they're young guys. Yeah. So I mean, it's really gonna. It's gonna really like. It's going to depend on Girardi. It's going to depend on personalities. But from just a like on paper, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing oh, move. Amazing, and I think it really it puts the Yankees. I mean, as ALE's favorites, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, Which is good for baseball. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. If the, if the Yankees and Mets are really good, Yankees, what, Mets, Cubs, Dodgers are all good. Rob Manfred's a happy, happy, happy man. And San Francisco. Yep. It's great. No, it's and, it's great for the overall health of the game. And if St. Louis is bad, it's even better. Because <laughs> yeah, they're still butthurt uh, about Jason. They're, they're I I. It's it, it's really it's weird. It's so weird. It, it's gone from like haha, St. Louis were weird. It's like actually like it's bizarre. He played on your team, including playoffs, for eighty six games. <laughs> he was a renta player. Yeah, he had no intentions of staying in St. Louis. He never he, made a hint about I want. I want to be a cardinal. He could be the one. <laughs> so that, weird. It's a god. Yeah. It's an awful. I, it's an awful place. Like good, good for Hayward. Good for yeah. him. Oh, I exactly. Hope, Get out. I hope, Yeah. As uh, Drew McGarry said, he left to go to a play with a better team in a better city yeah. with better people. I mean, I would do an RB. Yeah. All right. Scheduled fun. Yes, Joe. How many beers do you think you could drink? We we talked about this. I I the on last it was Saturday night. I went out, um, grabbed dinner and had a couple of beers with my dad. I had three beers at dinner. I went back to my parents' place, had three more beers, and then I had two beers when I got home, which is like, oh, you drank by himself, but it's two beers, whatever. Yeah. And I real like, I realized like, oh, I drank like ten beers, and I was not. I mean, I was not sober, but I wasn't hammered. And I was thinking about it like if I were to just like. Be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink a lot of beers tonight and not like grown up six point two percent IPAs that are hoppy and have a flavor like Miller Lights, Coors Lights, whatever. Yeah. Like 
How many beers do you think you could drink? In, in a night. Yeah. Because, I mean, tomorrow's New Year's Eve. It's a big drinking night. I'm going out with a bunch of my girlfriend's friends who are either... Uh, there's going to be some undergraduate sorority girls. You know? oh, it's a, it's nice. a state school because, I mean, people, uh, you know, rural state like Vermont, Burlington is the big city. It's the place in Vermont, unless you're, like, up at a ski mountain on, like, a ski trip. It's the place you want to be for New Year's. So all the people from the suburbs who have, you know, upper class and have apartments are going to be back. I'm going to be out with a bunch of undergraduate and recently graduated sorority oh, girls. That sounds horrible. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we're creatures of habit. We we put ourselves in bad New Year's Eve situations because we're dumb. Yeah, I'm missing um, I'm going with my girlfriend and her high school friend. So right. I, I, I think I could drink 20 beers. I really do. And I, I, I don't know whether that makes me feel awesome or horrified. So I haven't I haven't really like pushed myself drinking in a while because I'm an adult. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. I don't, there's no need to. No, no, too. no I, I mean, I, I, I think if I say I start drinking at 7 o'clock in the p.m. and I, and I close out my night at 1.30 in the a.m., so that's six and a half hours. I'm drinking just more like I'm like, I mean, even if it's just, I, I feel like I would definitely drink more than two an hour. That's like way too, especially if I'm like, at New Year's Eve, and like I'm front people I don't like very much. Yeah, exactly. And I um, have poor coping skills, and I don't have good <laughs> social skills. Instead of drinking one beer, I'm just like, eh, particularly, and also because the the college football playoffs on, I'm not going to want to be like, oh, what are you studying? I'm going to be like, can you guys? It's the it's the third quarter, Michigan State, Alabama. It's it's seventeen seventeen. So there's a big third down. It's a big third down here. Please please stop talking about your mixer with Fiji. I don't yeah, like, I don't know any of these people. It's just like yeah, I, I, it's like I don't, I don't care, I don't, I don't care about what you're majoring in. Just, you know, I think just, I think I could go drink, away. I think I could drink twenty beers still. I think I think I could, I could twenty. Oh boy, it's, it's no bueno. I'm no, not proud of it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably it. Um, yeah. as, as always, I I have been severely slacking on the blog. I I had. I had some words fired up about Peyton Manning, but I think we, we sort of beat that into the ground today. So yeah. I'm not, not going to put that up. Read the blog. Joe put up a great one about um, NFL superfans. Very funny. Very worth reading. Um, as always, like the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Listen on SoundCloud. Most importantly, subscribe on iTunes. It just it yeah. shows up on your phone. It's great. You know, you're, you're riding the train to work or you, you're driving and you're stuck in traffic. Listen to us, you know. Let us yeah. banter about sports while you hate your life and, and commute to work. Um, that's all I have, Joe. Happy yeah, New Year. I mean, Happy New Year, man. IDOs yeah, 2015. Yes. Yeah, Go away. Yeah, I, 2015 was a pretty good year. Disagree. For <laughs> it's For me, it started out really horribly, and it's last half, second half of it has been pretty, pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I would say I had a, a shit, shit, shit eight or nine months. Oh, you then, did. Yeah, and then it's it's you know from about Halloween on, it's been solid. But yeah, um, twenty sixteen will be awesome. It'll be rad. Yeah, no, even even year Jack, you know, I'm like, I'm like the Giants. I do I do awesome in even years. Not so That's much in years. Nope. So yeah, I'll see everybody in twenty sixteen. Adios, everybody. Have a safe, safe New Year. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Bye. Yep. Bye. And I will wait. I will wait for you.